0: Hey everybody! Welcome to episode 177 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? We're also joined by Mark Rubin the Third down in San Jose, California. So where, where do you get the third from? I don't know. I just he's Jaime Lopez Jr. and he's got this you know cool little, little handle on the end of his name.
1: We just start adding things like the way that uh, it's Gregory <laughs> Esquire. <laughs> Yeah, what did I say? Gregory, or... uh, Esquire, yes. What is it? Gregory Reginald Keough Esquire.
0: Something like yeah, that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Gregory Archibald. Yeah.
1: Archibald, that's right, because uh, I made it Gah, was his, his acronym.
0: <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Um, yeah. So happy new year to everybody, which is our first episode of the new year, January 3rd, 2000. Oh, it says 17 here, but that's 2018. Look at that. So we got a typo in our notes. Okay. All right. So well the first sort of story we just want to follow up on is the story of the battery that uh, everybody has been, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody's heard about it, but let's go through it anyway. And that is that um, there was an issue. I think we talked about this uh, in our last episode, the fact that um, the um, Apple has been tune performance tuning your devices on older devices based on the battery performance to i guess to smooth out the sort of um, peaks and valleys that you would get in performance and I had posted I talked about it on the show but I had posted a uh, tweet by uh, guillermy Rambo cool name uh, who had posted a a, a way to check to see how your battery is doing in your console um, and it can, it shows like there's a battery health um, key value there um, and if it's good it's good you know or whatever so that's i got a link in the show notes for that. Um, Apple did respond eventually to uh, the outcry from everybody uh, saying that, you know, um, that's what they were doing. They were basically tuning the battery. They weren't They weren't trying to, the story was or the rumor was that they were trying to do this to convince people or to force people into having to upgrade to a new phone. Um, Apple has responded that that's not their intention. Again, I'll have a link to their, their statement here. I'll put in the show notes. And uh, subsequently, I guess over the last week or so, they have announced a new program for people who have uh, iPhones. Going back as far as the iPhone six line, um, that they will gladly replace the battery for you in uh, your older phone for a mere twenty nine dollars as opposed to seventy nine dollars, which was the normal charge, right? So, um, and I I know that iFixit and all those kind of places are all lowering their prices to match this as well. So um, that's good news for people who have older phones. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, we talked about this on the show about like you know, I wasn't surprised that you know an older battery with less juice would slow down the performance of your device that makes sense to me, um, you know, and other things like, like I've noticed over time that my battery is, is not lasting as long as it did, but I, I even find my iPhone 10 um, doesn't, it, it lasts through the full day. I'm probably at about 40% battery life right now looking at it, but you know, have um, one of those induction chargers to drop it on at the end of the day. It's not a big deal. But yeah, so I could certainly use a $29 battery upgrade or even a $79 battery upgrade in my in my iPhone 6 Plus, but not that I'm using it day to day, but what, what do you guys think of, of this whole thing? Battery gate, let's call it. And I think Anybody.
2: apple's doing doing the right thing you know make it a cheap update and move on
0: yeah and what do you think about the fact that they were they were performance tuning the devices i mean to get the best experience or in their opinion right i think the fact they were doing it was probably
2: a good thing i think they kind of botched it from a pr point of view but yeah but uh probably from a technical point of view they're doing the right thing yeah. yeah
0: have you guys hung on to your old older phones and so now that you've moved on to your 10s i have an iphone 6 still lying around but i never never turn it on right right oh, but you were on you were on a 7 or an 8 i was oh, on a 7 or? recently yeah and what so you, oh, you, you're on the upgrade yeah, program, I right? Anymore. Yeah, So you have to send that one back in? Yep. Okay, cool. I mean, what about you and your battery? Dylan
1: yeah. Um, I mean, I still have my 7 Plus hanging around, but it's just because I just haven't gotten around to selling it, uh, wiping it, yeah. and selling it. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to take advantage of this particular thing. I, I agree with Mark. This is totally the right thing to do, considering how poorly they flubbed everything else yeah. in between, except for, uh, as he points out, the engineering decision of, like, which of these trade-offs do you want? As the battery gets older, device randomly fails, you know, like, just turns yeah. itself off, it, like, Forty percent because it and and you're playing like you know uh, some 3D game or something and it, and it can't meet peak performance anymore or sure. slow it down um, and have a battery that lasts you reasonably close to what it did before. Uh, I think yeah. that engineering decision was the right one to make in the context of all the other decisions they've made. You know, we, uh, people are I think getting a little sidetracked by uh, thinness of devices and therefore headroom on on uh, presumed headroom on battery. Um, people are getting kind of sidetracked by uh, user replaceable batteries. Which come on, this isn't 2000. Seven anymore it's 2018 for heaven's sake like
0: um yeah nobody replaces the battery anymore yeah yeah
1: i mean when we say that we say that in a very broad brush of like that's not what people really want and care for right you would rather have things like um easy wireless charging and 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 all sorts of other things that that get around that very very niche act of like oh my gosh i'm gonna go to like the grand canyon like in the canyon itself nowhere near a tower for like a week sort of thing sure
0: um and people people turn off their radios they turn off their bluetooth they turn off their wi-fi to try and save battery and I mean you know and they may have been doing that on, on an older device because they probably find they weren't getting through the whole day right without being able to charge it right So, I mean I did find that too like when when you know last year or so you know I would if I was going on a business trip or whatever if I was going to a conference all day I would make sure I packed one of those power packs to get me through the day or, or you know find a wall charger somewhere right so and that's just the nature of cell phones these days I think right
1: yeah and you know whatever the history is it's very much a positive that uh, for the low low price of $29 you can yeah get your um, device uh, with a at, at the very least like a better battery life than what it currently has because you have a phone yeah. that is that is older and its battery is not performing as it once was um and for many folks it's not really feasible to upgrade to the latest and greatest like i'm fortunate enough to afford the uh, the top of the line iphone 10 but i see plenty mm-hmm. of like average normal people out there who uh
0: rocking a five yeah yeah
1: like it, it's getting so old it's like it's almost like holy smokes it's i mean it's not offensive but it's kind of like i'm, I'm appalled i'm like how, how are you living living your life like that i mean it's uh things are so far advanced and it's it's starting to slow down so that's good you'll start to be able to hang on to these for longer but um you know for a 29 nine dollar investment and if you're happy enough and you really don't care about having the latest and greatest you just want that battery to last longer or and you want your performance to not get uh seriously worse just because of happenstance by what's happening to the battery versus you know like operating system updates and stuff i think Mm -hmm. it's a good deal
0: i wonder what it's going to do to to the value of trade-in phones like we have a service here called orchard which i think is a available to you guys as well, but it was started by some students from U of T a while, while back and it's an app you download to your phone and it goes through and tests all the, you know, does the does the you know, microphone work? Does the camera light up? Does it take a picture? You know, all that kind of stuff and and they kind of do a sort of on-the-spot on, on the spot diagnosis and they give you an estimate on what your, your phone is worth. So I ran it on the, my iPhone 6 a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was considering getting it a 10 and they said they would offer, you know, up to $250 Canadian for my phone um, but I kind of wonder what this New battery battery gate has done for for that kind of thing too. Like, is it going to be worth more if I go in and get Apple to replace the battery, right, to get a pressure battery into it? Right? So,
2: and it might drive supply down, so it might drive the, the cost up when you uh, when you buy one. Mm-hmm. Which in theory, should oh, like drive the value up when you actually sell it.
0: Yeah, yeah, when they resell it. Yeah, because they like yeah they they, they trade it into me, but then they turn around and resell it to somebody else who's looking for a cheap phone, right? So, because I mean, it's still an eight hundred dollar phone but when it was new, kind of thing, right? So, mm-hmm. all right. So the next story. Have here posted, and this is from I think it was just a week ago around around Christmas time. anywhere during the break, um, James Thompson, um, who is the author of Peakalk, um, celebrated his 25th anniversary of PCalc And and what's interesting about this is I've got a link here from from his site. And what he did was uh, during during this uh, last couple of weeks uh, or for a week or so, he had uh, PCalc for like a ridiculously low price, like a couple of bucks. Um, so I you know I grabbed it for my Mac, I grabbed it for my uh, my uh, iOS devices and that kind of stuff as well, but there's an interesting story here and I've, I've linked here a couple of things in, this, in the show notes um, to his tweet originally but also to two talks that he gave uh, about pcalc and one of them was called p through the ages and that was at NS Scotland I think in 2015 and there was a previous one um, where he spoke at NS Scotland 2013 which is uh, a bit earlier I don't know if you, do you remember Drag Thing, Mark? I you know, sure I do, yeah, Thing? I
2: was kind of surprised when I saw this that it was the same guy.
0: Yeah, so he's the author of Drag Thing and and he wrote Drag Thing as a, something he wanted on his Mac uh, early, early in the day, and he also started writing P Calc, which PCALC Calc stands for Programmer Calculator. So it not only does it do your uh, your calculations, but it also does uh, binary and hexadecimal calculations as well, which is kind of cool. And if you turn it sideways on your phone, you get you get the more like a scientific calculator kind of look, right? Um, but what's interesting about this in the second talk he gave, which is in 2015, um, he goes through the history of how he wrote P Calc from the early, early days, writing in you know in, in writing it for the 60, I believe 68K. Uh, Max, and then all the way through to different, you know, iterations of iOS 10 um, and all the different tools he was working with. And, and you know, after he wrote Drag Thing and, and PCALC, uh, initially he went and worked for Apple for a while uh, out of the Ireland office for a little bit and he worked on a few uh, projects and he talks about, I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but um, he did talk about that in, in his talk. And then, um, so it's a fascinating look at, if you're interested in, and I was, I thought it was really cool to see this, was sort of his history of working in, working with a different, you know, the Mac toolbox back in the early days, all the way through, you know, using AppKit and iOS, obviously, as well, right? Um, so it was kind of uh, fascinating to see that sort of history of, of Mac development in, in, in you know, using one one application as, as the vehicle and also talking about the Apple TV and, and the watch and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, it's a real cool video. Definitely, definitely check it out. Oh, that was fascinating stuff. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay. Um, I think Jaime mentioned this last week or two weeks ago, um, but uh, we were talking about the HomePod and... Comparing Google Home and Amazon with their Echo line, um, and speculating, I guess, with the price of HomePod. Um, and there was some uh, analysts are sort, of sort of saying that uh, Google was dropping their prices around the Christmas during the Christmas holidays. For Google and Amazon, I guess, to get a lot of units out there are trying to, I guess, stem the the uh, impending doom that's going to come their way once Apple releases their HomePod. What do, you, what do you guys think about this story? I mean,
1: I don't know about impending doom because it, at three forty nine, <laughs> you're not going to reach the sort of market penetration that you would. Um, compare sure. against what, like At twenty-nine dollar, uh, yeah, knot, it, yeah. You know, on sale twenty-nine, and, and regular price, let's call it fifty dollars US. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely not the same thing. Um, but I, I think it's pretty smart given what they they both do, right? They don't necessarily sell only to premium aud- audiences. Um, as Apple tends to do right, selling to people who, who sort of have the luxury to to spend more um, on their devices. But I think what I had mentioned before in a, another episode was um, I'm hoping that Apple can sort of fast follow on this. It, they don't need a necessarily cheap. Device um, to mm-hmm. complement this, I think they really need like a cheaper where it's not you know outrageous to put these throughout your house. It's kind of outrageous for most people, um, even for someone like me who probably could afford to make that sort of investment. I really wouldn't want it. Like, do I really want a three hundred forty nine dollar um, you know hi fi speaker in every room of my house? Probably not. Can yeah. I afford yeah. to get a, a swarm of twenty nine dollar cheapo speakers for Amazon <laughs> or Google? Sure. Yeah, that, that's a much easier decision to make, right? But now you are starting to talk about uh, like light bulb level of um, uh, smart level yeah. sort of level of, of investment versus like dang it i'm like buying like for every two rooms i'm buying a darn iphone right like yeah. um and so i i don't think it's i don't think it's too um too early to call and say oh my gosh like apple's completely out of this market I'm like well no because the market's only like two or three years old and it's still growing and if we're gonna say oh my gosh look how successful these 29 dollars devices are i was like well yeah like i can junk a 29 dollars device pretty easily i feel like yeah forget mm-hmm. that i'm gonna get this thing from apple that's way cooler right so that's kind of like the flip side of of the penetration here it's not like you're um as tied to one versus the other and i think which ecosystem you fall into will sort of determine which of these will make you happier and if you're listening to this very show uh odds are pretty good that you're pretty heavily invested in the apple ecosystem so we right. probably gets a lot of bonus points for that for you
0: so do, do you know do you have, you have more than one amazon device right more echo device right yes like do they do they sort of connect to each other kind of thing or or do you like if you had one if you had a dot could you get by with just a dot as opposed to the full echo base station thing
1: yeah but it kind of it depends what you're, you're looking to do, right? Like if you want um, sound fidelity, uh, the Echo Dot is something you should not look at unless you're right, looking to connect it right. into your uh, existing um, high fidelity system. Um, yeah. They do connect to each other in terms of, um, and I'm probably going to get confused because both Amazon and Google have enhanced both their platforms around the same time. I think they can both do sort of like intercom style connection. They can both do, uh-huh. I think they could both do, um, you know, play this song through every room of my house sort of things. Like if you're Sunday yeah, I mean, doing does, yeah. chores and you're going back and forth with laundry and everything um, mm-hmm. and they are smart enough to realize when you say hey can blah, go blah, do blah. something um, yeah. <laughs> they'll both wake up you know or multiple of them depending how close you are to, to oh, them, yeah. we'll wake up but only one of them will register and, and actually try to take care of your particular command
0: well cool. yeah I, I we got a we got a google home for christmas santa dropped one off for us and um but so we we it's re- immediately replaced our our kitchen radio which has been dying for a long time um you know i kind of thought carol would use it more for searches and stuff like that but we, we're using it just to stream uh radio right now um but yeah it's it's funny it doesn't answer to hey siri though i'm really i'm not really sure why but you know and then i asked it the other day if we can change its name because carol wanted to see if we call it something other than google and uh it said uh they would it would talk to the team about doing that so i guess you can't change the name yet just yet that's um,
1: right the google home does not support see this is where it gets confusing having multiple mm -hmm. because um the amazon echo will support um alexa echo and amazon and i think computer as well which i would not recommend if you're a star trek fan and you watch those shows um uh, uh very often um i thought the google home did as well but you're right it does not because the thing that it has going for it is that it has both a female and male voice that you can select from. oh does it? Like, oh, they don't okay. call it that oh. they just say voice one voice two but come on like the default ah. voice for all of these assistants is female at least for um usa market can't speak to many of the other ones and it's, it's kind of good to see that they um are expanding that because not everybody wants a female voice
0: right right oh that's true yeah yeah we we, we were i bought it through eBay because it was a last-minute uh, decision, and, and um, they were all sold out at all the heart and the local stores, but it turned out to be a, an American model that the person sold me, and so, you know, we were surprised to find that when we were asking for the weather information, it was giving it to us in, in Fahrenheit, but we, we did figure out how to change it to Celsius, so, so all is good so far. And, it, you know, it doesn't do everything that you kind of would expect it would do, but because I think there are some sort of googly, Android-y kind of things that, that uh, it wants you to do, um, there's a couple of things I didn't want to opt into that, that it offered, and uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty decent little device, you know. If you just want to know like what time it is or what the weather is, or ask it to tell you a joke and that kind of stuff, it, it's sort of very Siri-like experience from that point of view, right? So, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not looking to replace my iPhone with it, right? So, or my iPad or whatever, or, or even my my search my browser, right? So, search engine. Um, but yeah, it, it suffices to do what what we needed to do, and it was a delight once we found that it can do radio. We're like, okay, cool, sold, you know, because it's the future. <laughs> but uh, coming back to the article here, I'm just reading that. Uh, uh, it said that uh, um, Amazon was selling the Echo Dot for less money than the parts list would cost, right? So, um, so they were losing a little bit of money on the on the Christmas sale. I guess to just get some penetration. Of that. What was my point about the initial argument or initial article post here?
2: Well, the article also makes the point that both Amazon and Google are using these as loss leaders to get people yeah. onto their service. So, Google, yeah. you know, is going to try to show you ads in some way or sell you ads, and Amazon is going to try to get you to buy products. So mm-hmm. So if they're successful, they'll make a whole lot more money than, than they lose uh, giving it to you as a loss leader in the long run. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it also gives them a foothold into the market. I mean, we were talking about the delayed launch of the uh, the HomePod a few weeks ago, um, and that sort of gives uh, Google and Amazon and Portana, I guess, more time to, to work their way into the home, right? So interesting to see how that plays out or even what kind of role the HomePod is going to play in our lives, right? Yeah. I'm curious right. to see
1: how delayed that is because I'm a little bit shocked that they didn't just take pre-orders anyways and say, all right, delivering to you February 2nd. All right, well, at least I've got this pre-order thing that I can print out and put in a, a holiday card and give to my family member, right? Like I think they missed out on that opportunity to just, I want to give you my money to secure my place in line. I will gladly give you money. Please take my yeah, money. Take um, my money. And yeah. they didn't do that, which
2: makes me wonder you know, how far away the, the yeah, release is. It's further out than they're even letting on at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, there was some, some um, pleading for a lower-priced version for developers for us to write uh, apps for them you know if, if that's going to be something we're going to be able to do right So, or uh, scripts or what we call the sketches or whatever you do for the Echo um, Skills Skills yes. yeah yeah.
1: so we'll, we'll see if they end up turning it to be like the what people believe to be the original Apple TV developer kits that were supposedly you know according to rumor in a lot of logical mm-hmm. sense supposed to come out at uh, WWDC and be part of like the giveaway in 2015 yep. uh, I was there they did not give them away and I foolishly yeah. didn't get the development kit not realizing that it was only going to be like a dollar instead of full retail price though
0: so. oh wow that's why you don't have an apple tv i mean
1: for a dollar i would <laughs> it could come in like a car you know like just these open yeah. circuits that you got to cover with like a cardboard box i mean for a yeah. dollar yeah. right? it's like a, like a raspberry pi at that
0: point or cardboard yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah for sure neat stuff all right so our main story here today is uh has to do with this um you may have heard it as a meltdown on twitter or a meltdown or specter or a kernel memory leak um apparently is a flaw in Intel processors that, have, and this goes back to Intel's being manufactured for the last few years, um, that there's a, a design flaw that allows for people to query the device and get um, information that may be stored in the chip, I believe, right? Uh, oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong article here. Um, in Rene Ritchie's um, Everything You Ever Want to Know About uh, This But We're Afraid to Ask, it's actually um, what Mac and iOS users need to know about Intel, AMD, and ARM flaw. He goes into a bit of a bit of a detail about what, uh, what this is all about, right? So have you guys had a chance to scan this at all?
1: I've not gotten far into it, and the the frequently asked questions one will probably be good for me to read because the initial news I saw was all related, hundred percent to Intel, um, particularly because Intel's CEO just dumped a ton of stock, and I think he's only keeping um, his legally required or contractual, I forget which, some sort of required minimum to maintain. And so people are uh, finding that very suspicious. Um, so who dumped their stock? The CEO of Intel. But I will oh, counter no that way. by saying, like, I'm not claiming um, any sort of uh, wrongdoing here because um huh. that would be seriously foolish because the sec will will find violators especially violations like that and for that sort of level you're generally going to have a um like a scheduled in the year of like all right these are the days i'm going to buy and sell sock, uh, stock or like these are the the periods that i will buy and sell stock to yeah. avoid yeah. claims of insider trading so not claiming that but i think that's what caused this to blow up so much on the internet focusing on uh, intel so so even i was completely confused and i assumed that it was an intel only so what i read is in a different sort of highlight article not not this more in-depth one was that there was some sort of design flaw where an attack can be made um that allows attackers to get access to the kernel level memory which is a Mm -hmm. big no-no because you can get access to all sorts of uh interesting keys um and that it was apparently so fundamental to the way that uh, intel's at the very least again that's what i was reading at the time um architecture for the cpu that it, it could not be patched around at the at like the the hardware level they couldn't like yeah, you know yeah, flash everybody's hardware patches, it's very great sure. it was like no no no. we're gonna to have to patch around this somehow and I, i'm less familiar as to how this is possible patch around this at the operating system layer which means windows linux mac would all suffer some sort of performance penalty because they're doing some sort of technique in software that would ordinarily be relegated to the hardware that's you know fine-tuned to handle right. that sort of processing
0: yeah and that and that fix has a cost to, in terms of performance in, r- in order to be able to do that right um that's what i read as well there's a good analogy about how to think about what a kernel is and and it was about the kernels like the god that sits between the hardware and the and the software, and um, you can't really see it, and you can only have faith that it's there. <laughs> and uh, you can, yeah, you just have to. You can ask it questions, but you know, you'll never be able to figure it out. Um, but yeah, so the 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 from what I was reading, that um, the exactly what you just said, there's a, there's a, a leaky uh, section there where people can get into stored information on the chip, like whether like long term cash kind of storage or whatever, um, which could have potentially some some um, information that you may want, like you know, credit card information or whatever that may be stored uh, in, in the register somewhere that the people get at. And in Randy Ritchie's article, and uh, but th- just also, too, that, that Apple has started patching this in 10.13, what are we at? three one two two? I think. Um, yeah, in 10.13.2, two, I believe they've started patching this, and, and there's some some more patches happening in the in the beta, but I don't know anything about it, and, and the person who posted that said he couldn't really say much about it. Oh, at 10.13.3, um, it's all the Intel, it's the, the KPDI issue, is what they're calling. This Intel issue. Um, yeah. so scary stuff, I guess. Costly stuff for Intel. Where's our chip guy think?
2: Well, I'm actually reading the original papers that are talking about this right now. They're okay. available. And uh, so basically meltdown is caused by there's a fact that there's a there's a bit that is set on the processor that defines whether a given page of memory of the kernel can be accessed or not by a given process. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's set when if, if it's a kernel cur- if the kernel code is is running, it sets the bit, and it's cleared when you're. If it's a user process, uh, but when you have sort of asynchronous, out of order execution, I guess multi-threaded stuff essentially, mm-hmm. uh, then there's a way to access the information on that page uh, because in a user process, because the bit hasn't been cleared in time, right. because there's two things kind of running at the same time. That's that's what I got from just a quick scan of paper. But I just posted the paper in the in the the, uh, in the notes here so okay you can take a look at it yourself sure that's meltdown what is specker
0: not cool <laughs> yeah not,
1: not not good for intel uh certainly not good for intel stock owners um AMB stock owners apparently may not like bandits because their stock shot up um this article the faq that you put here in the show notes for those of you driving home um yeah. it, a lot of folks on the internet talk about oh just burn it all down and forget it let's just move max to arm chips and like well hold on apparently some arm chips um are impacted not all in fact it's Arm itself says that the majority of its processors are not affected. Um, so this okay. isn't just like whoopsie, you know, somebody had a really bad week at Intel and haha, let's laugh at them. And we're like, well, this are, is actually these papers claim
2: that this is not an Intel specific thing. This is every right. processor is susceptible. To this, yeah, including AMD and Arm.
0: Well, AMD says that they're not they're not susceptible to this, but um, but uh, Arm possibly is. Right,
1: right. So it, it it seems like this is just a really really sophisticated um, technique here that all of the vendors are going to have to at least pay. Attention to
0: yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And just as a quick sidebar here, I noticed as I was riding the elevator today at work that um, BlackBerry stock has hit a, all time a four year high um, based on a deal that they signed with Bedai I guess the or Bandai I'm not sure how you say that the Chinese company um, on to, they're working together on self driving cars. Mm. Well, speaking of manufacturers of this kind of stuff, <laughs> and I I sold my BlackBerry stock, so what can I say? <laughs>
2: four year high is not saying too much. I wouldn't.
0: No, I know, I know. It's, it's up to 16 dollars. It used to be like a hundred and something yeah. or two hundred. Yeah. Something, yeah, yeah, but but you know, I guess if you if you held on to your stock, maybe you could get some. I think I bought it at around sixteen or twenty when I was feeling patriotic there for a moment, but then it kept going down, so I sold it. Oh well, Um, (laughs) happens to the best of us. Come on, it's a Canadian (laughs) podcast too; it can't all be American stories. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, oh well. Speaking of Canadians that are doing good, uh, our pals over at Buddy Build has had a big announcement today. So, Jaime, why don't you lead us into that? Yeah, apparently,
1: Buddy Build has uh, been acquired by Apple. For um, those who don't know, they're the, do uh, you describe the continuous integration and deployment service that uh, it's was it's cro- it's cross-platform, it's at least, you know, to um, not only iOS, but Android, Yeah, headquartered in Vancouver, British Columbia. That would be in yep. Canada for
0: those of you. Fans of the show, sponsors of the show. Thanks for their, host, their support over the years. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. just really, really cool people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the service here will remain available to existing um, paying customers, if I'm not right. mistaken. They're no yep. longer, unfortunately, no longer accepting new customers customers and existing right. free starter plans which i believe covers uh, both platforms as well as the fact that all android app development will be discontinued on march 1st we are recording right. this on january 3rd so you have a little bit less than two months by the time you hear about this if you haven't already to start finding other plans which is yeah. uh, unfortunate for, for folks who get caught up in that um, you would like to see it be you know closer to six months to a year um, if possible but uh, i'm not going to blame too much on there i think the test flight uh, the burst test flight. Acquisition went kind of roughly the same way from what I remember. So I think this is just Apple likes to sort of cut ties really quick and say, nope, don't worry about that. We acquired you people for a reason and we're going to have you yeah. join the Xcode engineering team in this case. And we want you to just get on stuff right away. We want to have some stuff to show off at WWDC if possible.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you that like having, you know, I mean, first of all, Buddy Build, you know, we I think we were sort of um, started following them when they were first starting up um, back in last time we had an NS North here, I think. Um, were you here for that? Harmy? I can't remember. You were, I'm not right?
1: sure if I was was there for that particular year, depending on when it started?
0: Yeah, uh, this is the one where they had at the, the the church, right? No, um, oh, no, you were at the Chateau Montebello. It was mm. the year afterwards, right? That the buddy Build started showing up, and um, they were they had you know they were starting. I mean, they had a sort of uh, a, a sort of unique way of, of dealing with uh, the challenges of getting you know your your device profile uh, provisions provisioning profiles installed and getting people enrolled. They're they're a competitor to uh, Testlight in a sense too, in that you know they they have a way way of installing you know with with almost a zero configuration um thing they came and did a talk at our, our taco meetup um where they demonstrated or dennis demonstrated um you know uh, asked one of the guys who wanted to have something installed on his phone and so they he just sent him an email and then the guy clicked on a link on the email and it automatically provisioned his phone and onto onto apple's itc and he was able to have a build installed on on the guy's phone like in in a matter of minutes right um, which was a lot at that time a lot faster than the way you could do it with test flight even and um you know the fact that they have the whole continuous integration thing going, where you can you know, can do builds to their servers, and uh, they work with some like they work in the in the banking industry. I know they work with uh, some some major banks. I think uh, ING Direct or Tangerine, I think they're called now. You guys t- have Tangerine in the states as well. I think you do, right? I recognize the ING Direct name. It's orange, right? It's but, orange. Yeah, Tangerine makes sense as a name. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know they work with them, and they work with a number of because I've talked to Dennis over the years about you know trying to work with this stuff, and then we we used them at Rayburner, like at uh, for the uh, RD DevCon demos um, we, we were doing some buddy build stuff there as well in one of the talks one of the ladies get a talk gave a talk on uh, Gemma, gave a talk on you know different kinds of you know continuous integration and she used buddy build as the platform to build on so it was you know we in within half an hour you know you were had a, an app running on your phone that was you know you just built so it was really quick and easy to use tools and i think that's probably why you know apple was interested in them is in that they were able to take something which is which is kind of a like a sometimes kludgy like if you know for the for those of us who've been around this for a long time—I mean, Mark and I have talked about this a number of times. You know that how difficult it was to muddle through all the sort of, do I need to clean my build folder, to you know, delete the derived data, do it, you know, get my provisioning going, or you know, I can't put this phone on because it's not enrolled, and I can't, you know, renew my certificates to whenever. And they kind of took all that and sort of, sort of a, in the same way that Fastlane kind of creates these scripts to to streamline things. That's kind of what Buddy mm-hmm. Build does, and I mean, clear that they're they're doing a better job of it than Apple was doing. So it makes sense to me that Apple would. Be interested in their in their approaches, right? So, so they're joining the Xcode developing development team, which is kind of an interesting angle as well, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: so. uh, they don't talk at all about specifically what they're working on, but yeah. I can kind of imagine that with the way that Xcode has built up its whole sort of you know handling of Git and how you ju- you can just do a lot of Git stuff right within Xcode yeah. itself. It's like why can't I just have a yeah go go deploy one of these suckers like right now and then maybe set up a few yeah. new jobs uh, like oh this will be um, you know the special demo that the CEO once and so that needs to be separate than our normal continuous deployment thing. But I still want it to be just as easy, and I want to be able to just click, 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 and and away it goes, sort of thing. Like that's what I'm imagining and hoping and speculating for that I would love to see coming out of uh, this acquisition.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, uh, there and it's falling on two sides. I mean, there's some there was some noise on Twitter earlier from people who, I mean, obviously the, the developers who were developing on Android using Buddy built aren't happy about it. Um, and you know, I think that I saw a comment earlier today that that the way that Apple handled transition with test um te- the opinion was that TestFlight was a better product before apple bought it and has now put it to where and to where it is today but um i don't know i find test pr- relatively easy to use and and uh simple for people to to, to understand right um i, I think
2: yeah from, I th- from an apple developer point of view test flight is way better now now i understand that it's it's worse for someone who uses android uh but, yeah. but just the fact that you just type in an email and you're yeah. done i yeah. think that's amazing i mean going
0: back well even to- the, even the automatic signing now that they have now is, is right yeah yeah in the old days you had to, light years better you
2: had to get a provisioning profile you had to make sure that the every phone that you want to ship to was was accounted for in that profile if you ever mm-hmm. if you ever want to add a phone you have to go to the to the to the developer portal add that phone to regenerate well you first of all you had to get profile. the user
0: to get your ud id and send it to. that's, you right. As well. yeah, it was, that's right yeah that's yeah. right
2: yeah yeah and then you have to regenerate the profile and put that back in and sometimes that would just make all your certificates in valid yeah. for mysterious reasons. And yeah, it was just sometimes, sometimes just
0: got really messy. It was black magic. Yep. Let's, let's call it what it was, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like so. I, I totally get the
1: sentiment that boy, oh boy, did Apple not do a great job transitioning people from burstly test flight to mm-hmm. Apple test flight. And yeah. the, the migration was made even worse by the Apple test flight coming out and being largely inferior to what Bursley's test flight had um, at that time, uh, subsequent to that. And in subsequent years, and certainly now sitting here in 20, 18 um across the board apple test flight is leaps and bounds better than bursley's mm-hmm. test flight ever was with the exception the one exception that i know um given the way that apple runs things is just not reasonable to expect in that you still you got to go through beta app review right like at the very least it's yeah. as you know unpainful as a app store review process can be um but it's still not like hey g- give me your uuid and l- let me just or uuid and let me just randomly give you crap haha nobody can can yeah. tell me who i can can't send this bill to uh, granted it it doesn't have that but that's not something apple's going to do but everything else it's so seamless and like you can uh easily redeem stuff and it doesn't matter you know which apple id or which email you signed up with it'll just you know not matter You, you have like literally thousands of uh devices or not even devices thousands of um uh, IDs that you can send to, and it, it's way better now. Like, I, I totally yeah. disagree with the, the sentiment. Like, oh my gosh, Apple just turned it into the It's like, well, they did for like that first year or two, but right now, no way. Yeah, this it's is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Even, Not make,
2: even I, the beta app review. It used to be it would take 24 hours, something like that. I just did today, and it took half an hour. Yeah, That's it's gotten
0: really a lot deal. better. The, on,
2: the only annoying thing right now, though, is the, uh, the compliance questionnaire you have yeah. to do every single time. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, the other, the other side of test flight that I'm sorry, Bettyville that we're not talking about is is the sort of continuous integration side I mean if you've dealt with trying to set up Jenkins is is you can set up Jenkins and, and you can it, it works great um, uh, but you know when you start throwing lots of builds at it and lots of build queues at it it, it gets pretty pretty ornery as well too and and it's problematic when you want to support you know different os's and you know what maybe you want to build with Xcode 8 or Xcode 9 so you have to do different configurations for that and it, and it's very sort of command liney um, stuff and like in fact you know you, you might want to run it on a you can run it on different platforms as well as Mac, but, you know, really you want to run it on, on, you need to run Xcode on, on a device, right? So you need to have it on, um, like a Mac pro or something like that, if, or Mac mini or whatever, but, um, but buddy build does that as well. And, and the, the buddy build thing is seamless. So you basically, you set up, you set up your, your job the way you want to set it up and how you you choose all the sort of parameters you want to do. And it's like, it's like a web interface and you just say go and it just go, goes off and does it. So all that sort of pain that setting up a Jenkins server, like we have entire dev t- DevOps people who have to go. Go in and set up Jenkins, right? Um, but to, to streamline that whole process too—that's another side of of, uh, of the buddy build. Right. Um, well, and Apple does, does have sauce, their right? Xcode-based CI system
2: with the bots and all that. But honestly, I don't know a single person who
0: uses it. No, exactly. Yeah, even even now that they've rolled it into into Xcode itself, it right? Run on a separate right. X server. And, right? and
2: this is—it's kind of a fundamental piece of modern software development. So, yeah, for Apple not to have a solution is, is pretty. Uh, it's a, well, I mean they. Okay, they do have a solution, but people don't use it. So, so that's a yeah. pretty conspicuous hole in the in the development sure. flow.
0: And then the other side, the other the, th- the last part or the third part that te- that BuddyBuild brings to the table is the whole analytics side. Where um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but if you you can run uh, a feature in BuddyBuild where uh, if somebody has a crash, it can actually record sixty seconds of video to show you what the user was doing just before that crash occurred, right? Um, and then you know the, it's optional as to whether they want the user wants to send you that information, but you get more information about what happened during the crash than you would normally. Like normally you have to wait for the, go, you know, get the D-Sims and, and get the logs from uh, from Apple and you may not, you get a sampling of them, you don't get them all kind of thing, right? Where uh, with BuddyBuild, it's much, the analytics side is handled much better in terms of, you know, how, what devices are running it, you know, what, what OSs they're running, what issues they're having, what happened during that crash. That's another thing that BuddyBuild brings to the table and that may be something that Apple's looking to integrate as well, right? So, I mean, the more magical Apple can make the whole experience. Experience, the better it's going to be for, for any developer, not just for seasoned developers, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think this is one of those acquisitions that will get sort of overlooked a little bit because it's not as, as sexy as like yeah. buying Prime it's Sense. Like, oh, cars. what does this mean? Yeah. That's like a Mini Connect thing. They'll put it, you know, it turns into Face ID and it, it sells really well in, in marketing materials. But this is something that I think will make, you know, average developers, at least in the Apple ecosystem, like it'll make our lives a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. It'll make mm-hmm. it that much closer to as soon as I've, you know, saved a line of code or, or at least or maybe committed or whatever. Boom. Like I have something that's ready to distribute via test flight that we just talked about as an example mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and let everybody see it. Say, oh, it looks good. Great. Um, oh, there's another thing that, that Apple's test flight does that Bursley's never could do. And that, Hey, that same build that we all just dog fooded for the past day and everybody agrees looks good. We can just promote yeah. that to be our app store bill. I don't need a separate build. I don't need a separate step to do that. I just yeah. say, yeah, okay. This one's good. Submit that one. So, I'm so it's, it's funny, you know,
0: I, we were, I just posted last week because we were off. I posted um, episode 148 as, as our best of, and we were talking on that show about how the new changes in the test flight and, and, uh, ITC would, would, you know, with the fact that you could do stage releases, we were speculating as to whether or not you could do A and B testing that way, right? Or, you know, let out, you know, a certain percentage of apps, you know, with one build and another, another one with another group with another build. That is something you can do with buddy build. And maybe that's another reason why Apple sort of brought them into the, into play is that getting better reporting and possibly, and I'm just speculating here, of course, that, you know, you could have, um, your A and B kind of testing for different builds and things like that, different features and so on and so forth, right? No,
2: yeah. Now, before we get too excited, we don't really know what's going to happen here. We don't know. Oh, they could shut know. the whole thing
0: down for all we know. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's possible that they, yeah, that they won't use any of the buddy build software at all and just, they just bought it for the team and the team will start working. And the IP. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Or they could take some of the existing products and, and uh, integrate it in with the existing offering. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait
0: and see. Well, it's, I mean, again, like I said before and I tweeted earlier that you know they've they've always been supportive of our little show here and uh, we think it's great that they've they've uh, they've got a win right you know all hope for that so good on you buddy build all right so and here we are at the pickorama all right so um, I guess I can go first with one of my picks here uh, just this video I stumbled across while I was on the break there um, and it's it's actually about a year old but it's five advanced Mac tricks that you never used and um, just to remember what they are now <laughs> but I and I knew about a couple of them one of them is one of them is uh, you know you can you can, uh, you can set um in the ter- in the terminal you can set how often Apple look you look to Apple for um, uh, updates that are available the default is is I think it's seven days um you can set it to once a year you can set it to once a month or you can set it to every day if you're if you're concerned about the kind of uh, problems we've been having over lately maybe you want to have it check every couple of days or so instead of waiting for uh, updates or having to go check them manually yourself um that was one another one was about um, doing screenshots and I, I you know I've complained a lot about my uh, disk space on my my little tiny 512 uh, um, uh, gigabyte SSD drive on my MacBook Air, um, one of the things about it, they, they said a way of saving space is whenever you do a screenshot, it normally it, by default it saves as a PNG but you can convert that over to uh, save in, in JPEG which is you know, and can be similar quality um, JPEG is a, is a lossy compression, so you do lose some fidelity in the image, but if you choose it like a high level compression, or high level quality um, as opposed to high level compression, uh, it looks just as good as, as a um, as a PNG but it may be like a, a tenth of the size so you can save quite a bit of disk space there um, another one was uh, that I've used a, a similar command to I don't know if you guys have heard of Caffeinate there's a command in your in your Mac called Caffeinate that you can run that uh, if you need to run a process and you don't want your Mac to go to sleep like maybe you're doing a big download or an upload or something um, you can run a, a command on the terminal to turn on uh, to Caffeinate and it'll basically wait until you go until it stops um, what else was there? Uh, screenshots oh and there's a, a very simple way to Use the command line to encrypt a file and then decrypt a file as well. So, those are the five tricks that uh, I knew a couple of them, like I said, but uh, I didn't know them all. So, it's an interesting little video there, and I've got a link there in the show notes. I don't know if any of you guys had a chance to like that one yet. I guess not. No, I'll have to <laughs> review oh. it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a quick one. I mean, and there's and it leads you to a YouTube page, which all kinds of different tricks and tips and tricks and stuff like that. And there's actually one I saw the other day, and i got to find it. Now that I mentioned it, I'll have to go and find it, but it was um, a whole pile of things you can do with iOS 11 that maybe you didn't know you could do and maybe should be doing kind of thing, right? So, and then this other one, unfortunately, is going to mess up our um, rating if I don't, if I'm not careful with this. But it's one of these. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to paraphrase and say it, the uh, link. The link will be in the show notes. You can read for read it for yourself. But it basically is um, the clean version of it is oh poop git. Um, and basically, it's different things that you may do during your day running with Git, like oh no, I've did something terribly wrong. Please let me use Git to get out of this. And there's all kinds of different commands. There's like a reflog, um, which will let you go back in time and, and undelete things. Um, there's another one here. Uh, let's see. I don't know if you've, if you've seen these before, Mark, because I know you use git on the command line quite a bit. Um lets you go back and, you know, you can append, amend a, a previous commit. Um, you can, if you forgot to add a couple of files to your commit, you can add them, add some files and then and make a comment and then update your, your last commit statement as well. Um, you basically uh, made it by mistake, uh, acts Accidentally commit something to a master branch when it should have been to a brand new branch, so they show you how to basically uh, create a new branch, reset your head, and then go back and check stuff into the new branch instead of instead of master. Of course, a lot of this stuff doesn't work if you've pushed to your, your um, to origin already, but if you're on your local machine, still changing
2: commits after you've committed them is kind of a dangerous thing to do. It's one thing to reset head and get rid of the commit completely. But yeah, just be real careful if you're changing commit, especially if you've already yeah. pushed
0: it. Well, you know, you know, so saying if you've pushed it, it's a problem. Like, like for instance, with us, because we use Jenkins um, or Jira, um, a lot of our our commits are all all have to be um, prefixed with a Jira ticket number. And if you forget to put the ticket number in the beginning of your your commit, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go back and amend that that comment, or you know, or, or reset it back to get that in there. And sometimes we do this with merge conflicts as well. If we end up with a, a bad set of changes, right? Um, the another one is you're committing to the wrong branch. You can how it shows you how to go back and reset that back and and uh, move over to the to correct branch. Branch. Just some handy little tips here on how to how to do things when you mess up uh, mess up. Get and then the last one is of course uh, you know okay I give up and of course I'm, I'm keeping this clean. It's all this it's actually pretty written pretty funny here. Not safe for work by the way, um, but um, showing you how to uh, go back and just you know start over again from your, your master. Like how to remove your your current branch and um, start over. Yeah. So that's 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 the first one and I'm again it's uh, I'll say it in German. Oh shy as I get. There you go. That's my first my second pick I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So is this Heimy class? Is it game for free or Mark? Uh, no, that's me. Okay, Mark. So, uh, if anyone is sort of an old timer like myself, <laughs> uh, they might
2: remember yeah. back from the early '90s. Back in the days when a lot of games uh, started using the the CD-ROMs that were now a new thing that were shipped yeah. with computers. So, one of the one of the early games that was kind of a revolutionary, groundbreaking game was one called The Seventh Guest. Remember that one, Tim? Yeah.
0: yeah isn't this written by Graham? What's his name? I think I follow him on Twitter. I don't. I don't know who, who Graham wrote that, Divine. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So it's a classic puzzle-solving game with a kind
2: of a horror theme set in a haunted house. Yeah. Uh, and well, it's now available for free on the App Store for the iPad. I guess technically mm-hmm. the iPhone too, but uh, but you probably want a little bit more. Yeah, Graham Divine is the author of that. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 So grab it now while it's free uh, from the App Store and enjoy. Cool. It. It's not as fancy as some of the games you get today, but it's still pretty fun.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a co-founder of uh, Trilobite, and they did Seventh Guess in the Eleventh Hour. I don't know if you remember that one, Mark, as well. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know that one. Mark Kind of game, yeah. similar game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he lives up near you somewhere. Um, probably. Huh? That's where yeah.
2: all the cool people live, so
0: probably he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah,
2: I've
1: no. never played the original game, but I was familiar with uh, the existence of Seven the Guest. Uh, around this time, my cousin and I, in, in terms of cool CD ROM games, we were playing Star Wars Rebel Assault, which mm-hmm. also has that same sort of oh, yeah, yeah. old school charm. With uh, I still have the, that one. <laughs> hot uh, multimedia, he says, with air quotes, because it was guaranteed to be on the box. Multimedia experience. Which, as I recall, my cousin's computer did not have a sound card. That's how far back this was in 1993. Mm -hmm. That I think we went out and bought one specifically for Rebel Assault. And had we played Seventh Guest, we almost certainly would have bought it for that too. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Nice. Right. Yeah, I'm glad to see that. So, Graham Devine is one of the people I first saw when I first went to Seattle for back in 2010 for trying to figure out this whole iOS um, business, right? And um, he was the one that uh, I remember specifically said, you know, like if you're going to make a button, make sure it's mashable because you're using your, your. thumb is the interface right Mm. and as opposed to like trying to make everything tiny and and unusable right quite quite good advice on building games um and so Jaime you have a pick for us
1: I do I somehow never got around to doing this during 2017 but that's okay because it's early enough in 2018 that uh you can have a link here to the 360 idev 2017 session playlist which full disclosure includes the session that Tim and I did so that's that's Mm -hmm. on the playlist there's like 40 some videos on there uh also it's very you know broad topics some technicals some uh, non-technical some sort of like halfway in between so um i can't remember how many tracks there were at 360 i did but it was a multi-track conference so well, 41 videos find at here, least so. one and probably more videos that you'll enjoy
0: yeah so i the audio was a challenge but the, have you watched ours i can't remember if we if you can see the, i haven't watched the video yet if i you... must
1: admit i've not seen the youtube version i mean i have the like raw copy and stuff that, that you and i were, were dealing with um uh you know i've not i've not actually seen our own session yeah
0: there's a lot of talks here i missed i got to i got to advance copy some of them for my article that i did for ray Wonder, like i'll have to link these into that as well but um yeah, let's see uh, like the talk by kyle richter i missed that one because he was talking after i had to leave for my plane um yeah tail and from our our, um, our talked about tensorflow on our he's from our taco group here in toronto uh, bob napier practical security everybody should stop the podcast and go watch that video Okay. Now that you're back, now we can continue. That's one where he talks about all kinds of, you know, basically all kinds of tips and tricks for making sure that your, uh, your videos or your, your, sorry, your security is taken care of on your device, on your apps. Lots of good advice on handling passwords as as well, I thought. Um, Jesse Chartier was talking about, uh, things that, you know, trying to teach kids about coding in school that, uh, a lot of us missed. Um, yeah. And there's some guy named Tim Mitra and Jaime Lopez talking about podcasting.
1: <laughs> well, not specifically that, but it's yeah, uh, being yeah, a better yeah. developer by talking which sure. doing podcasting is one form of, of talking. But.
0: Yeah, Ellen Shapiro's uh, Playing Nice with Design was a good talk. Uh, it was a good talking about how to work well with designers in your in your group. So if you, and they wrote her, the company who was with at the time had written apps for, uh, so that the developers could, you know, play with color and fonts and try different things out on, on actual iOS devices and they were making better decisions about designing as well. Um, and then Derek Slander, of course, he does the reverse engineering stuff that we talked about. He did that at RWDevCon as well. He did it here here at uh, 360 I I think we missed that one too because it was probably um, after I was at the airport as well. And of course, our pal Joseph Plinsky, um also talking about uh, the, the science of moving others to, to work with you or buy your stuff or whatever. Cool. Oh, and some lady named Tammy Coron. I think I've heard of her. Haven't you heard of her? Yeah. Ta- <laughs> Tammy's is a good session
1: and I, I always get the name of the session wrong. It's like, if, if you can learn it, you can teach it. Yeah. For some reason, How you my get brain says, if you can teach it, you can learn it, which makes no sense. So I apologize for <laughs> misusing
0: that the No, in order to teach it, you need to learn it. That's the thing, right? The the secret to to, to teaching somebody is you want to learn how to do something. So you'll learn it and then you teach it right away. Uh, Yeah. Cool. And how to become being a cupcake in a donut world. I don't know what that one's about. Yeah, lots of good talks. I remember It was a good conference. It's my second favorite conference after WWDC, for sure. I will be there again this year. I'm I'm announcing it here. You've heard it here first. Okay. So I guess that's it for the picks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, hey, Jaime, if people want to find you on the interwebs, wherever they look. I'm on Twitter. It's at DevWithTheHair. All right and uh, Mark, if people want to find you on the interwebs. Mark R at mapsoft.com. Alright, and as I said at the top of the show, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitch machine, and that's the best way to get a hold of me, you know. So, you know, last week when, when you weren't you weren't on uh, Spotcast, Jaime, and mm-hmm. I threw to Jonathan for um, you know, where you can find him, I expected him to say Dev with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> you get Let's used to back. the patterns, right? I was like, what? <laughs> when, when we change
1: it up a little bit, I was like, wait, who, what, who, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. alright.
0: Alright, well, that's Kids, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. goodbye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to
2: a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com
0: slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash
2: sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: That
1: happens that was a little too soon to tell but i will state that i did not see any anecdotally out in the wild which little surprising would be a very noticeable
2: device hmm. which iphone
1: 10s yeah i mean like outside of you know co-workers and, and people that i would expect to to have them um I thought for sure just like the way i saw um pluses when those started going out in the world that i would, I would see some just kind of casually going around town and everything
0: that's true well, i mean in the circle of people that i deal with there's a lot of 10s right but um yeah me too yeah outside of the office no not so much. so I don't really look at people's phones outside the office, but, but a lot, a lot <laughs> of
2: people in the office have it, even on tech
0: yeah. types. Mostly tens, or some people got the eights, or ten mostly tens. Yeah. Oh, people got eats. Or what do they think of them generally? What are you guys hearing from people about them?
2: Mostly good. I hear people complaining about the gestures, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, hmm. when they don't know how to do something, first time, and, and uh, they try to do
0: it the old way and it doesn't work. Right. That. I think Tammy calls like, get off my lawn, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I think her perspective was actually quite excellent because uh, I think I agree with her assessment that if you're coming into it fresh and new, it's obviously a winner from the, the gesture standpoint, with the exception of the fact that it's still a little weird trying to pull up the control center versus notifications um, like, yeah. like single handed mode because you can very easily let your thumb sort of get lazy and drift into control center um, Yeah. but other than that quibble um, I think it's quite right that like if you already know how to use the gestures it will take some time and it, I don't know how long have I had the device a couple months now um, I've gotten completely used to it and, and somehow I still survive uh, using my uh, iPad Pro which is now starting to annoy me that the iPad Pro doesn't work the way that my 10 works yeah
2: so I'm the same it's way. My, older, my older devices <laughs> <laughs> are frustratingly primitive now. After yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's interesting. Just as we're talking here, I'm just trying this with reachability. I wonder if reachability affects the pull down, right? Um, and strangely enough, the the pull down for oh, that's interesting. The the pull down for notifications on when I when, I, when if I you know start reachability, so the screen is half the size, and I pull down from the, where the icon for the battery would be, and I pull down, I get the con- I get the control panel come up, but if but not notifications, right? So if I pull down and I and I pull over the time. I don't get the notifications coming down. I have to pull from the actual ear. That's weird. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so kind of a weird uh, weird paradigm there. Yeah, I mean, generally, you know, it's it's funny, like, as a day-to-day phone, it doesn't blow me away. Like, you know, but then when I, you're right, when I pick up the old phone and I realize, okay, it doesn't do all the gesturing things. You know, one thing that's weird is if, if the phone is locked and, and I, you know, I look at the screen and it unlocks, I kind of hope it would go to the dashboard, right? But it doesn't, it just sits there until you swipe up from the bottom. That's kind of an odd thing, odd behavior based on the fact that it's unlocked right but i guess it also unlocks so i like the fact that it it obfuscates the messages and stuff until the phone unlocks so other people can't look at your your home screen and see what your notifications are Mm. i like that that aspect of it did you say this this game by graham divine is available on on the app store by ios or or yeah like does it run on the phone yeah i installed it on my ipad oh yeah but i mean does it run on on uh I'll
2: find out i have it on my phone here too it showed up on my springboard on my phone but i have it yet yeah yep that like
0: gets running yep yes yeah, video web videos all kinds of stuff
2: i don't know if that's original music i don't remember yeah
0: yeah, I didn't see. him. I wonder if he tweeted about that today. His uh, his um, Twitter handle is Zaphod, I think. Yeah, zaphod G L D. And uh, oh, he's in Texas, Rockwall, Texas. Mm-hmm. So when did you find this? What? Uh, the seventh guest today. Oh, cool. Hasn't it just launched today, or?
2: Uh, it might have just gone free today.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Does it have in-app purchases or chance? I haven't seen any yet. Maybe for the download oh. here. Yeah, my grandson Foster likes these kind of mystery games too. Mm-hmm. Did you guys play Myst back in the days? Oh yeah, Myst yeah. and all yeah. the Riven. different versions of it. I yeah. never
1: played Riven. Never played Riven. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: i have them all i haven't i didn't finish the last bunch yeah, i don't remember if i did yeah because mist was on i was on the ios device for a while too i don't know if it still is you can get mist for uh iphone when it first oh, yeah. came out okay yeah but i like i said i don't know if it's still around i haven't seen it was big it was like back in the day it was like a you know uh i don't know one one two or three meg file it was it was big hmm. it wasn't your your tiny file mm-hmm. Let's see if it's on here anymore Myst. yeah it's still on the uh, on the uh it's it's available for get on the app store oh it's called mist free they must have had a mist paid version i guess hmm. yeah real mist was spent 10 bucks when I had this at one point. The room—that's the one that Foster likes to play on. If you've seen that one, Mm-mm. same sort of idea. It's like all puzzles and stuff like that. It's hmm.
2: Interesting. There's real mist. There's mist. There's mystery.
0: You see mist because tri- yeah, because yeah, it, it was by Cyan Software, right? What was the name of the company? That, that, yeah, Cyan World. Mist for 4.99 and real mist for 6.99. I don't see mist anymore. I think I used to have. I think I had it on my phone, which is why I'm surprised I'm finding it on the store here like this. So how do you find purchases now that you're you have this new store where nothing works? <laughs> so <laughs> confusing
1: Okay so go to updates uh, I guess you can go to any of the tabs you see your little user profile
0: in the upper right oh, at corner the top oh yeah it's hidden there tap on that Oh, and then you can yeah. get to the purchase list All right. and Carol's purchases. Okay, I don't see it's a profile. It's a little. It's an icon. It's like like an, an avatar. avatar. You,
1: I have my face as an avatar in the upper right hand corner. Yeah, mine too. No, 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 no what no, you no, have no, if you don't no. set one? Not
0: on this phone. That's what I want to find. Not on this phone. Hmm.
2: Huh. See, I don't know. Oh, I see. It does. It's it's not on the search screen, which is where it was. But everywhere else it is. Okay.
0: Oh, my apologies. It's like yeah. on yep. four out of the five. Not search. You're right. Hmm. Wait, amplitude's not on this phone. What the hell? How'd I own this. I'm supposed to play my guitar if I don't have amplitude on here. Commute. I know mean, what that is. It's amazing how many apps so we've installed on our phones over the years. Eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many do you actually use? That's what I mean. Like, uh, I don't even know what half of these are. I think they must have changed their names or whatever over the year. Years.
2: And it, it actually looks like they're in order of when you install. That's kind of cool. Reversal. Are they? Yeah. Thanks. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got the very cool. bottom.
0: That's why I'll never find it. So the very bottom for me was flashlight. First app I bought. <laughs> Remember Jared? <laughs> to do was my second app, which is from Erica Sadoon.
2: First one was GraphCalc. Calc. Second one was Around Me. Uh-huh. Third one was More Cowbell. Sports. This one. Which I don't think it was Yahoo Sports back in the day.
0: Well, oh, it's interesting. The 32-bit ones are the cloud is not is like grayed out. Mm, yeah. So. Urban Spoon, Zynga Poker. Wow. Look at look at this graveyard of apps. Labyrinth. Easy That Let's was a good see. one. Market Circle. Is, you know, day, remember Daylight from Market Circle? Well, oh, here it is, Miss. Yes. Daylight from Market Circle um, is not is 32-bit. Wait, what was that? My Apollo Eleven app. Hmm. What was Daylight by Market Circle? Uh, Daylight was like a uh, like a it was sort of a FileMaker clone that was about managing contact lists, like for customers service and stuff, and you can do invoices with it. And it used oh. to run on the Mac, and then they came up with an iPhone app that let you do some of the things.
2: Okay, that's why I was familiar. I think I knew some people who worked there
0: that Yeah, they're, well, they're from Toronto, right? Oh, maybe it's I think they may have moved down to, to uh, your area. Yeah. yeah,
2: maybe.
0: It was a pretty big company for a while. I don't, I, yeah. I'm sure they're still around. Some company, some app named Device Tracker here. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, I keep hearing <laughs> you know, about you that. Obviously, have the one. Test Flight and Pose Sampler. I remember that guy from, I met him at the uh, conference in Seattle, John Show. I've heard of that one. Cave Bowling. That was a classic. <laughs> Q- Brunner Runner, BBC Music app. There's all these uh, apps that my grandson's downloaded onto the phones over the years too. Epic Synth.
2: Oh, okay. It wasn't Market Scroll, something similar.
0: Oh, here's Layer. Layer was a, an uh, augmented reality app from back in the day. tune in Radio. I thought I had tune in Radio on here. Oh, maybe the Pro version. Oh, Mike Daly's app has not been updated for 32-bit. Was, that was uh, an app he wrote in um, Cocos 2D. He wrote a book about it. That's amazing how many apps are, are great out here. Yeah,
1: a lot didn't get updated. And, and surprisingly for me, some got a little bit of, uh, of a reprieve, I guess. I guess it was worth doing mm-hmm. the update. How do you mean by that? You Like you went back to them or? Oh, uh, I mean, I didn't reinstall them. I was like, oh, it was gray and now it's not gray. I guess they must have come out with a release. Oh, really? Okay. I don't have a list handy,
0: but um, dang, what was it? Traveler guys. I met the guy who worked with that from Bodors. Um, He's down in San Francisco. 360i, Dave. I've ever heard of them. There's this two for couples app that is uh great. Yeah, that one's not That was not going to get upgraded. <laughs> is that in your in your your grade up pile? Yeah. yeah. I still have it installed on my Mac or my phone. It won't run, but it's all there.
2: Yeah, day. Mm-hmm. Free app a day is great. That was, that was a big thing back in
0: the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm back up. Pebble. Stripe. What's Stripe about? Is that the one where you guys can send each other money?
2: Yeah, it's like PayPal.
0: Wait, do
1: they have a consumer app with Stripe? I mostly think of it as like oh. a developer tool thing. I never yeah. really think of it as like a like a one-to-one PayPal competitor.
0: That I don't know. It's all letterboxy, this seventh guest. <laughs> wow. Well, Designed for a square screen. Free? Yeah, I'm sure this is the original music. Choose a game motion. Yeah, maybe later. Geese Squad. How do we get out of this? Geese Squad. Yeah. That's been updated. Yep. Mm. TJs. Your uh, your license plate? Or one Greg found? I don't know how it ended up back here. Early December on your road trip. Oh, yeah. I didn't get very many pictures from that road trip, though. That wasn't mm. my job. No? Taking pictures. Oh, okay. That wasn't my job. You were driving? Yeah. Driving, driving. All right. Well, I guess we'll call it a day, shall we? All yeah, right. A day. Okay. <laughs> There's a little chuckle there from a All right. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. All talk right. to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.